Ready when you are. The Sam Graves Lecture Hall at Serenity Lane is a large, high-ceiling, delight-filled room. On the walls hang colorful quilts embroidered with inspirational quotes. There are rows and rows of folding chairs set up for meetings, and tucked in amongst them are boxes of tissues. There, just in case you have a tearful moment. The piano you're hearing is an old baby grand that was rumored to have been gifted by an alumni of Serenity Lane to help cover part of his bill. Recovery work tends to include a lot of talk therapy, journaling, list making, but for one musically inclined addict, it involved a song, in this case, a breakup song, to part of himself. I'm your host, Jackie Danziger, and this is Voices of Recovery, a new podcast from Serenity Lane Drug and Alcohol Treatment Centers in Oregon and Washington. In each episode, we feature real people talking about their experiences with substance abuse and treatment. This week, you'll hear from Micah, a young man at the very beginning of his recovery journey. I spoke with Micah at Serenity Lane's residential campus in Coburg. He had just completed a 28-day inpatient program and was currently in their long-term residential program, Extended Serenity Lane, or Excel for short. Micah is a good-looking, well-dressed 29-year-old musician. He was raised in a strict Mennonite household, and he's one of 12 siblings. He's number five from the top, with nine brothers and three sisters. When it comes to drugs and alcohol, Micah described himself as a bit of a black sheep in the family. Half of his siblings have never even tasted a drop of alcohol. For Micah, what started as some experimentation with drinking soon grew into a much larger problem. It happened really rapidly. I was going through a change in my belief system, raised really religious, but I was kind of going through a change. I tried a few beers one night and Literally within two months, I was an IV heroin user. So it just—it was a very rapid thing, kind of an accident that I stumbled on it, but loved it when I did. I was a worship leader for several years um, in the church in Florida and very active in the, the Christian music scene. I started having theological questions about the faith, about the Bible itself. The more I kind of looked into it and the more I studied and asked pastors and theologians questions, my answers or my questions weren't answered and it just seemed to, uh, to be getting worse. So I feel like my faith was kind of stripped away from me in a lot of ways. I went down kicking and screaming, was pretty bummed out about it. Definitely the, the worst breakup I've ever been through. Grappling with these questions and struggling with a heroin addiction for some time, Micah used alcohol to wean off from the opiates. But drinking became his new destructive obsession. I am a binge drinker and have been the last few years, but my binges were getting darker. Towards the end, the last couple months, I started texting my family, my brothers, suicidal thoughts and plans. And that was only during blackout, but every time I did get blacked out, it kind of got worse. And I knew my depression was pretty bad. It just came to a point where I literally had to save my life. I've always had a hard time asking for help, very stubborn, and I'm also an isolator. So as I realized the problem was getting really bad, I just kept trying different methods on my own of staying sober. At one point, um, I rented a cabin up in the woods for about a month and just kind of locked myself in there, and then that didn't work. Recently, I'm very close with my second oldest brother, and so I went and, and lived with him and turned all my finances over to him, and we had a dry house and kind of like an attempt to create our own little rehab center. But I just snuck out in the middle of the night and, and did things like that to get around it. So there are several different points in my life where I've tried myself to get sober, but whenever I started to get some traction and started to feel excited and positive about my sobriety, I tend to like let my guard down, stop going to meetings, and then was using quickly after. So on my own, I was never able to string more than maybe six weeks to, together after the initial drug use. 
I asked Micah to tell me a little bit about what led up to him checking in at Serenity Lane. The last two weeks before coming here, I started binging. I was staying with my brother. Initially, what kind of started the spiral is he found me in my studio, um, passed out, slumped over my piano. I was supposed to be working on something, and this was at our, our combined office. At that point, he assumed I had been clean for a couple months because I was just hiding it. So after that point and him and I talking, I just kind of decided to stop hiding it. So for the next couple weeks, I would pretty much just black out every night and throw up every day. And that was when the suicidal talks that I spoke of earlier um, really started to happen and started to scare me and my family. It was shortly after being admitted that Micah saw the piano. He was immediately drawn to it. Actually, I stepped to it pretty quick. I'd say about a week or so in. It was actually kind of a defense thing where I was feeling awkward and kind of out of place. And I knew that I could play the piano pretty well and that people would like it and that would kind of endear me to them. So to begin with, I was kind of doing it as a way of like making friends and bringing down some of those walls and how awkward I felt. It worked. Soon, Micah had a small following and was playing for crowds on a nightly basis. And while he admitted that his motives were sometimes a little ego-driven, he liked the positive attention, the overall effect of his music was very therapeutic for him and his fellow patients in res. It was only natural that in the midst of his intensive work on understanding his addiction and preparing to let go, that he would end up writing a song that reflected the emotions that were coming up in the process. For me, my the music that I write and play tends to be more on the emotional side. I'm an emotional person, I'm very empathic, so I, I feel a lot. So I, I feel like most of my music is kind of sad in a sort of way without going dark. The song that I'm going to be playing today definitely kind of has that feel, although to me there's a lot of joy behind it because of what it means and what it stands for. I wrote this song a few weeks ago now. It can kind of be taken in two different ways. I wrote it as a kind of a conversation between two different sides of myself. And I felt like through my use, there was kind of two sides of me. At some points, we'd actually almost have conversations. You've got like this side of you that wants to be sober, that wants to be productive and move on with your life. And you've got this addict side that's wounded and, and fussing and, and trying to get you back into your addiction. To be honest, over the last five, six years, I've been so isolated that I was kind of my, my own best friend in some ways. So this song is kind of a conversation between my two sides, if you will. It kind of concludes with sort of a, a goodbye. Obviously, I'm not saying goodbye to myself, but I am saying goodbye to that relationship that we had the way that it was. The song could also be used as a relationship song. I happen to have written it, you know, like I just described as a conversation between myself and myself, but it could also be used uh, for a relationship and saying goodbye to someone that you love. Saying goodbye to an addiction is hard. For many, drugs and alcohol were a coping mechanism, and that addict was a protector, a friend, a shield against the world. Micah's song describes a person who tried to do their best, refused to ask for help, and just wanted to be free. Micah played his song for us, and what follows is a recording we made of him sitting at that old piano in the Sam Graves meeting hall. Putting up your best Now you're gone 
always taking on our loads Never letting others help at all It should have never been that way And now you're Thank you for joining us for this musical interlude from Voices of Recovery. We'll be back in a few weeks with more stories about rock bottoms, moments of clarity, and life after addiction. All episodes are available at SoundCloud and on iTunes. Follow our Facebook page for photos and sneak previews of upcoming episodes. Rate us and write us a review on iTunes to help let people know about the show. It really helps. If you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, learn more about the programs at Serenity Lane by visiting serenitylane.org. Voices of Recovery was created by Monique and Jackie Danziger and produced by Serenity Lane Drug and Alcohol Treatment Centers. This episode was recorded and edited by me, Jackie Danziger, writing and production assistance by Monique Danziger. Our theme music was created by Sammy Gallo. Our production coordinator is James Tyson. Thank you, as always, to everyone at Serenity Lane who helps make the show possible.